Hey guys, um, Naomi here. I just wanted to provide a trigger warning to those who might struggle with this topic. Um, we will be discussing things regarding eating disorder, body dysmorphia, overall mental health regarding um, food habits. I just wanted to give a, a preface in case that triggers anyone. Totally understand if you guys want to skip this episode and the next. Um, we had a pretty long conversation about this and I didn't want to cut any audio out because I think it's really important for us to discuss. So this will be part one of part two. Um, we just kind of want to get the conversation going and start some dialogue as well as um, just kind of make people not feel alone. We know that our demographic that we talk to is they all have a lot of struggles with this. Um, and just a disclaimer that we are not professionals or doctors. So this is just experience experiences and learnings that we have learned um, during our own path. So I hope you can take that with a grain of salt. And if you want to skip this episode, totally understand. We'll see you back in two Wednesdays. Um, otherwise, please feel free to let us know what you thought about this episode. And um, our DMs are open. So in the resources, um, in the notes of this podcast, we've also attached a bunch of resources for you guys as well. And our guests um, info, if you want to follow her. Otherwise, thank you so much for giving us a platform to talk about this, and we'll see you in a few. Bye! cook the podcast i'm Catherine. i'm anna <laughs> i'm naomi and we have a really special guest today i'm super excited about today yes she's introduced herself miss anna malia stewart is here with us <laughs> we have been thinking about having a guest for a while mm-hmm. and you are on the top of our list so we're so excited that feeling you're blessed here. about that <laughs> <laughs> so anna you've been my best friend for almost as long as me and Naomi have been friends. You guys yeah. were longer. I, I came in second. Well, really? don't compare yourself. You guys have known each other since kindergarten. We've like, But we weren't like friends till like sixth grade. Well, yeah. actually, I pushed Catherine the first time I met her, apparently, <laughs> and we were not friends. And then we were best friends like a year later wow. when we were like 13. I hated her guts. <laughs> <laughs> that's usually how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's how it right. happens. But do you want to tell the people a little bit about yourself, who you are, how you know us? Sure. Um, so I, I mean, we met doing theater when we were 13 years young, just mm-hmm. living our lives. Um, Slaying. Right now, I just finished my master's okay. in, um, of education. <laughs> in, Educated queen. Yes, I applied for graduation two days ago. I can't believe you finished. I've literally, the entire <laughs> time she's been in that, every single time I want to do something fun, she's like, I can't, I have school. Like, I um, quit. when I Just graduated stop. my master's, like the first thing I did was go onto my LinkedIn and add the M dot S to the after my name because mm-hmm. I was like, I earned that shit. Don't give a shit. No, literally, like when Catherine and I lived together, every day she'd be like, "Quit. You should quit." It was, <laughs> you don't need it. Haters are my motivators, and so wait, you guys are both masters. Mm-hmm. Apparently. Okay. <laughs> so Catherine's actually signing up for her master's. <laughs> what should I become a master in? MFA. What is that? Master of Fine Arts. <laughs> to go with your BFA. <laughs> but what, it, what is, do I have to go back to acting school? Yeah. No. No, yeah, don't do that. I'm actually really all set on That's that. Bad. You think I like a master's in communication. 
great at communicating either. I'm jealous. I want to be a master. Well, all it takes is two years and a lot of your sanity. I'm pretty what are sure you a master in? Um, mine's really long. So mine is a master's of science in management with a focus in operational excellence. Yes, queen. I heard <laughs> operational so my little, excellence. My, my little title at the end is MSMOE. <laughs> yes, queen. All right. Sorry. Go ahead, Anna. Um, so you're a master. I'm a master, but I'm a full-time nanny, which is great. I love it. I hang out with little kids all day and make good money. And nice-ass houses. Yes, absolutely. Um, and I still teach theater class on the weekend for uh, the school that we used to go to. Mm-hmm. And I'm a cat mom and a dog mom. Yeah, you are. Yep. she's. You're actually the perfect balance of Naomi and I. Mm-hmm. You have a dog. You have cats. You, ha- you're a master, which I'm like, I'm like, I'm a really? master and a BFA. I'm spiraling. <laughs> I'm spiraling right now. You are not married, but you are in the best relationship of your life. Sorry, I'm speaking for you. No, you're right. In like the, I've talked about you and Eric on the podcast a lot. I mean, you obviously, cause you're my best friend, but mm-hmm. yeah, you're kind of like the middle ground yeah. of, of Naomi and I. Facts. So I love it. This is perfect. Yeah. And then. We became friends when you moved in across the street mm-hmm. from Kat and I when we were all St. Marie Street girls, oh, which rip. I really should stop saying our address on the internet because we <laughs> got it. I, but we don't live there anymore, so I can say it now. So go to the house. We so everyone go over there um, to well, the man who threatened Catherine and I on Instagram. Please yeah, stop. Well, it. I remember when you guys were having all those construction issues and you were posting them on TikTok, like with your sewage stuff. And mm-hmm. the first comment would always be, Anna, I'm like, slay on St. Marie. <laughs> and I'd be like, bitch, delete that. <laughs> I just left it up. I was like, whatever. It's fine. If someone comes, I know. <laughs> I just like, like it. Meanwhile, like the other spectrum, I have friends, especially my two friends from Canada. They're so specific on what they'll put on the internet. Like if they're like vlogging, they won't do like landmarks that you can like that's figure out what that is. So smart. Because they're very yeah, that's, safe. That's brilliant. I'm like, hey, I'm on my friend's Canada house. Like, she lives right next to this museum. And they're like, oh, what museum is that? I'm like, oh, this one. This one. Yeah. Actually, the house number is this. Yeah. So just come on in. Just knock on the door. It's a problem. My Instagram is like not private and we have there was like that picture of us from when we were handing out halloween candy directly in front of the numbers on our house and i was like st marie street girls on halloween (laughs) like could i be easier to find where we live but we don't live there anymore so So we're fine we're totally fine. fine so yeah we've all been friends for a while and thank you so much for coming and being on today's episode you're so welcome yeah i'm excited um so it's kind of a heavy topic which I'm like, feel bad that you're on for that. But I, I think we'll you can give us really good insight to everything. Yeah. Um, yeah, we yeah. usually do like fun, lighthearted stuff. But today we're kind of diving into something a little bit more serious because I think that I know that we're all passionate about starting the conversation. We're not doctors, we're not professionals, so we can't end the conversation, but we can at least start a dialogue we're also human, so we're still learning on the proper way to talk about this. So if there are things that like end up triggering you when you hear this episode or whatever it is, like we apologize on behalf, but we're also like still learning how to navigate this in our own journeys with um, like mental health and body dysmorphia and eating disorders. So, And I feel like it's so hard too because what we say today in like three months, someone could go on TikTok and be like, that 
like you're canceled because you totally. said this word wrong. So, you know, like trying to be socially conscious about how we say things, but also knowing that things are always evolving. So, yeah. So true. Yeah. So we're just really here just to discuss, which is why we have you on today. I think that you're a great third party. First of all, you're one of the smartest people I've ever met in my entire Thank life. You. Yeah, she has her <laughs> master's. Shut up. I'm feeling so upset about this. Oh. But Anna is seriously one of the smartest people I've ever met. And some of it is fake, but you're really good at faking I it. I do love to lie. <laughs> I love to just act like I know the answer. And if you say it with confidence, like a lot of times, people I know, will believe you. But you guys have this banter because you both do it. I'll go out with you. And I'm like, yep. I'm like, please don't ask me if anything that they said is true because I can't lie. It's and just I'll, bits. Yeah. Like we, we're yes-anders. We're yes. theater girls. Yeah. We are theater I'm kids. like, uh-huh. <laughs> That was, that was a really good act. Can we move on? <laughs> <laughs> Can I be involved now? Yeah. Um, but yeah, we appreciate you coming, especially for this one, because I think that you'll have some really good insight, and you're also really good at checking people on, um, you know, not being an idiot, me. <laughs> so <laughs> we're kind of just going to talk about our experiences with self-image, self-love, body dysmorphia, eating disorders. I myself don't have any experience with eating disorders so I will be stepping back and kind of letting them talk about whatever they're comfortable with and you know this episode might be heavily edited and for that we're sorry but we are just gonna be chit-chatting and if something in post we're like no I don't want that to be said it will be taken out so yeah I'm just gonna hand the Sorry, guys, you won't be hearing much from me today. <laughs> no, you will. Uh, I'm gonna hand- please. <laughs> please, I can't shut the fuck up. Um, so, yeah, I think they're just going to tell us a little bit about their experiences. I mean, I think even though, Catherine, you said you've never, like, struggled with an eating disorder, you can definitely relate to the different nuances that are involved with an eating disorder before they become so advanced. And I think totally. most girls and a lot of men that I know also like really struggle with their body image it's just they don't really have a platform to be as vocal about it because they're not being as they're not being critiqued as much mm-hmm. as I would say as women are um and something that I actually learned that is really crazy is obviously like research follows kind of what's popular among like the Caucasian race so Mm -hmm. when I went to Nita I think it was two years ago there was like doctors talking about how like 75% of like BIPOC people who struggle with eating disorders they never really get treatment for it because it's either not talked about in their household or they just don't more stigmatized in that community or Mm -hmm. like doctors just don't believe them Mm -hmm. or they don't have resources to that so um, as we share our stories, I also want to preface that, like, treatment and being able to go see therapists and whatever is, like, definitely a luxury, and it's definitely something that I will recommend, but I'm also self-aware and understanding that that's not possible for everyone. Um, so that was a lot. But as we start, I think I would like to just, like, start with the origin of, like, the earliest where you can remember that there was, like, something wrong with your body, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. I know both of you had a lot of experience with being in the theater and I'm sure that comments made about your body probably start pretty young whether it's like dance or acting but I would love to just kind of give you the floor and whatever you're comfortable with sharing yeah love to hear so I was thinking about this on the way over um because I didn't really start with much disordered eating until I was in college I don't think but I have very and it's because I had 
privilege of being in a thin body mm-hmm. up until I was in college. Okay. Um, and I... I have like so I think like the first distinct memory is when I think I was 14, you were 13, mm-hmm. and we were at a summer camp and the one, one of the people in charge I of the exactly company <laughs> lined we were doing a show in which all of us <laughs> teenage girls had to be in bikinis yeah. um for the first scene of the show and this she had us line up all of the girls in our bikini outfits and went down the line in front of everyone, including the men who were teachers, the other boys who were there, um, and preteens who were younger than 13 who were also in the building and individually commented on every girl, whether they needed to be covered up, whether they looked great, whether they needed to accentuate their boobs more, like all of us in bikini, like, children yeah, 14 14, 15, 14 through 18 and was just like yelling to the customers like she needs to be covered up this is great take off more this Ugh. this this like down the line and we have told this story I feel like mm-hmm. a couple times in the past couple years because this person has since passed away and it's always kind of told in a uh like a light-hearted way like yeah. oh that was so crazy that she did that to us um but then I just I watched this movie theater camp and it really is like parody of theater teachers and how they do things. And they were making fun of it to this extent where all the people were sitting around and they were like, oh, my God, remember when um, they did this horrible thing to us? Wasn't that so funny? Yeah. And I was like, that is literally what we do. Like, I feel like in the theater community, we look back on so many of these things that when you really analyze them are like moments that shaped you and trauma and formative moments and we're we brush them off or we laugh about them because no one wants to be the person that's like actually that was really fucked up yeah that that happened to a bunch of kids and that actually really affected me and how I looked at myself compared to the girl next to me or my sister or Mm -hmm. anything like that so yeah I remember I remember that so vividly as well and I remember her literally yes no yes no no yes Mm -hmm. and then all the no's it was like yeah she needs a shawl on her shoulders she needs something on her waist she needs this she needs that and at that time it was just the girls Mm -hmm. and I think that's something in theater that yes in like the clearest terms yes it's mostly girls that are picked apart but it I think it affects I mean, I know that it affects guys, too, but especially when we were kids, it was, like, very out in the open. How you looked was, and they're trying to get away from it now, but how you look in the industry that we're in is the most important yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. And even when we were auditioning for college. I was I, just going to think about I was Because I remember you came back from one, and I because in my brain, I'm like, oh, my God, these are, like, the most talented people I know. They're going to get into every <laughs> school. And Catherine's like, no, they already took a blonde who was my height. And I was like... <laughs> do you sound the same and she's like no I was yeah. like what do you mean I mean it's I mean we seriously put ourselves in a position to just be judged on how we look how we sound and I, I remember going to college and this is kind of we went to college in the same era where they were like we don't care what you look like we care about your talent we care about who you can be as an artist I had so many friends who were living in more overweight bodies who they were like we don't care you're special and yeah. once they got to the school it was very like well you need to change this you need to, if you want to work 
if you want to be on Broadway, you have to look a certain way oh, or you wow. will never, ever work. So mm-hmm. you were like duped before you even got in. Yeah. Right. Or if you got in and you were thin and you looked this way, I had a professor in college who brought me into his office my freshman or sophomore year and was like, you are skinny, pretty, you can play the bitch. You need to never gain more than five pounds or you will never work. Like literally said those exact <sighs> words to me, the head of our program yeah. in the office and was like, keep working out, make sure you stick to a diet, which is just like crazy. So insane that this 65 year old man who hasn't worked <laughs> in professional theater like is in 10 years. Himself too. Yeah. That was always the thing too. It was always professors. Which is fine. But right. like don't you, how dare you well it's always funny to me how like we literally just like followed this fake perfect body that's like given to us by like do you know that song that turned on tiktok and it was like i know victoria's secret yeah. mm-hmm. um and i think about it all the time it's like these people who are producing like what the ideal body is like what the perfect beauty standard is or what these fit models are they don't look like that like a lot of the time it's just like genetics like unfortunately like this is that's the hand they were dealt but like I can't change my hip structure Mm -hmm. to be thinner I can't make my boobs bigger unless I go get surgery Um, right and if you want to get your boobs bigger to fit the beauty standard in two years boobs are out yeah sorry because if you I was actually looking at like a full timeline of what the it girl was each year and every single time it's like athletic build is in the next couple years that's out you need curves you need big thighs you need whatever and then the next year slim no muscles no curves no nothing and then it went back to the athletic build so all that muscle you lost time to gain it back because that's what's in and it's always one girl that becomes the it thing that Mm -hmm. everyone wants to look like and it's crazy when you really look at it how like torturous you would have to put yourself through to be to be it and you can never be it every year right crazy for me I didn't have like theater so it wasn't like someone necessarily critiquing but I did competitive cheer like Mm -hmm. almost my entire time doing um in elementary school and I was always really like short like I was always small but um I was always like athletically built so I always had muscle on my legs and I always naturally had like muscular arms and um my parents like I always thought my mom was like the most beautiful person in the world so I'd like see her and I'd be like oh I'm like shaped like my mom but then we moved here I already look different I'm going to like a predominantly white school it's a predominantly white area everyone is stick skinny around me and I'm just like okay this is weird and then I go to competitive cheer and all the other girls my height are flyers but I'm a base and I'm like okay well I want to be a flyer so I am like looking at all of them and and they're able to because genetically that's just how they're built um we're able to like eat more where they were able to you know just kind of show up and and live and I I wasn't like that like I could probably like outlift someone I could I was stronger I was able to lift these girls in the air they were like there's no way that these some of these tiny girls would be able to be in that position and it's not because they weren't good enough it's just like that's not what your body is meant to do and sometimes that's a really hard concept to accept as like a girl because you want to be like your friends mm-hmm. and when you can't it's really hard um but I remember in school they're like the the popular girls in in my elementary school I remember being at lunch one time and seeing all of them had like the Jenny Craig 
granola bars uh-huh. in elementary school mm-hmm. I, I was thinking about it today what? and the only reason why i remember it is because um i remember we had a really hot sub <laughs> in elementary school and i can't like remember a what his name is yeah uh, and every i remember the girls like during the lunch period like want him to open up stuff because they'd like want to talk to him mm-hmm. and a bunch of the girls at my table had these jenny craig snacks and i remember him coming over and being like why are you guys like on the south beach diet you're like 10 yeah <laughs> and they were like oh this is just like what our moms give us and i just thought that was so interesting because i don't know like what your experience was at home like with your mom i know with our submissions we had a lot of people talk about how their unhealthy habits kind of stemmed from their relationships with their mother so did you guys have any issues with that he, um yeah yeah <laughs> yeah me too I, I think that my mom wasn't it's sad because yes of course I mean like you said you look at your mom and if she looks a certain way and she is down on herself then it's like well I think you're the most wonderful most bravest most smartest most Mm -hmm. wonderful person ever I remember my mom was up in elementary school every single morning doing her like video exercises god bless you um and it's sad because I know that whatever she said to me whatever she passed on to me some of it isn't her fault because I know that her mom was really rough on her and her mom was really rough on her and so on and so on and so on. So I think it's really easy to be like, yeah, my mom fucked me up, which is, can be true, but I think it's also sad because they went through the same shit that we did. My mom was never like outward to me, outwardly talking about my body, but she, I know that she talks about my sister's body a lot both of them or we would be on the beach and it'd be like oh honey just let me know and I'll buy you a better bathing suit mm-hmm. or for me it's like when I would was struggling with my skin and I hate I just hated how I looked at oh honey oh the pity face. oh and yeah. it's like yeah. I I fucking know mm-hmm. I realize that and I think that deep down it does for my mom just speaking of my mom it does come from a place of love but she never had and she's still working on it the proper way to bring out our appearances, which yeah, she yeah. I do. think like saying that it comes from a place of love is straight on because my mom, like still to this day, she's she has learned a lot in the past couple of years because I finally got to a place where I was like, please stop commenting on my body. Yeah, please stop commenting on my body in a positive way or what you think is a positive way or a negative way. I don't want compliments or critiques about my appearance I don't want them at all it does not serve me it is not great and since then she's made like a really concerted effort to change how she talks about those things with me but when it was rampant and it was oh I like I see you've got the freshman 15 going on with like a poke do you want to go to the gym together do you want to do this like it comes from I think because I know she has shared with me she struggled with um, an eating disorder when she was a teenager and into her 20s until she had me. And then since then has struggled a lot with body image and being at a place where she is happy. And I don't I know a lot of women of that generation. I'm not sure that there ever is like a happy like just a neutral acceptance not even body body positivity just like body neutrality like this is my body it gave me three children Mm -hmm. I'm still alive it feeds me it's really hard to get to that place when you went through 
50 years of conditioning the other way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it's great that our generation has a lot more awareness and is talking about it a lot yeah. earlier. Like I'm not, I don't think this conversation would have ever happened in the eighties or nineties with totally. our parents. I mean, yeah. even if you would look at like tabloids back in the day, like it was always like, she lost weight, she gained weight, she lost weight. ...about yourself and they're saying, and you're saying whatever about you. And then someone says, well, if you think that about yourself, what do you think of me? Yeah. In my head, I'm always like, nothing. I am so no, self-consumed on myself. Mm-hmm. I don't even look at anyone else. Yeah. I know. Sometimes I'm just like, I, 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 cause I don't see that. Yeah. Uh, and may, maybe I do, but it's, I'm just so self-consumed and that's embarrassing to say, but like. I think about that all the time is like I look at people in the world and like no matter what their weight is or how their skin is looking like I feel like I very rarely look at someone and judge them based on Mm -hmm. their appearance now or even notice or yeah or even notice like I do not and then they'll say something like oh my god or like you'll give a compliment they're like no oh my god these pants make me look huge I'm like I literally never even looked at your pants yeah I thought they were cute I like, I do not, but I'm always convinced that everyone is perceiving those things about yeah. me. Right. But it's, it's the same thing about the gym is, like, I know a lot of people, um, they get self-conscious about going and trying new exercises, mm-hmm. but it's the same thing. Everyone's mm-hmm. focused on their own shit. And even if they were noticing you doing something wrong, they notice for, like, two seconds and then they continue to think about themselves again. Because, unfortunately, we're a very selfish yeah. breed <laughs> right. of person, but... Yeah, which is, like, so humiliating to be, like, uh, yeah, I just hate this part, like, uh, about me. So, like, I'm not even, even, like, living with you, I'm all, every day I'd be, like, ah. Uh, and we, to each other, we'd be, like, prettiest, prettiest girl, girl in the world. world. <laughs> like, prettiest girl in the world. But we would always be, like, oh, my God, I just feel like this. I feel like that. And you can empathize with someone and you can validate their feelings. But I would mm-hmm. always be, like, I cannot validate that that is true about yeah. you because yeah. I don't even see that. Yeah. Like, right. I have definitely felt how you're feeling right now, but also you're the prettiest girl in the world. I literally don't know what you're talking about. Right. And sometimes it doesn't matter how many times someone tells you mm-hmm. how pretty you are, how smart you are, how whatever. It's just like when you're with yourself all day, every day, and you have to look at yourself every single day, it's impossible mm-hmm. to not nitpick. But that's also a really lovely part of your friendship is like not bringing up stuff, even that's like remotely close to your appearance because mm-hmm. I don't think some people realize like when you're making tiny jabs about things that people have already said to themselves a thousand times mm-hmm. you just make that voice so much louder because you're you're like validating that what that voice in your head is true right. and majority of the time like the voice in your head is so loud because you're the only one hearing it but it's even louder when someone's like like I remember if like I don't know whatever it'd be like oh these jeans are a little tight and they'd be like yeah, you popping out of your pants? <laughs> and I'd be like, fuck, I am. Thanks, you know? Yeah. 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 It's just, it's wild. But, um, so as you transitioned into college then, mm-hmm. um, like, what did that look for you? Like, was it you comparing to, like, your prepubescent body almost? Because that's what I found myself doing a lot was being like, oh, when I was, like, 15, like, I could fit into these jeans. I'm 27. Why do I still have pants from my senior year of high school? I will never fit in them again. Yeah. Yeah, I think that for me, it was a little bit of that. Um, Whenever I started college, I obviously, like in high school, we would go to high school from 6 a.m. to 4 p.m. And Mm -hmm. then we would be at 
stage right from 5 p.m to 10 p.m oh my god yeah because i had like no friends literally like, hang out with me you should be like oh, stage right. literally every day so we were doing stuff but things were i i don't feel like i was i mean i was basically prepubescent like i did not go through puberty till i was like 16 yeah um when i went to college and i was in dance classes like for four hours a day i started building muscle for the first time in my life okay and i started to like the number on the scale was going up i would go to my doctor's appointment and they would point it out and i I was like that first like two years was definitely comparing to high school like why am i gaining weight i'm eating like this i'm i'm exercising like this what like what is happening because you don't it's really hard for you to conceptualize that you are go like your body goes through like a second puberty yeah. you become a woman when you turn like 19 20 21 right. where your body actually prepares you to have children like yeah. biologically or and you you just keep growing like you're not done growing until you're like 25 yeah. and no one tells you that plus you start drinking you are free for the first time from the constraints of your parents to go to the food hall whenever you want mm-hmm. and for me I feel like it was the first time that I was kind of able to like honor myself and like what I wanted yeah and so that just naturally started in hi 40 (laughs) um just naturally you gain weight and for me once I got to I like realized okay I'm gaining muscle I'm like I'm looking like I'm supposed to as a theater major then it was well let me look at every other girl in my program Mm. let me see how they're performing in ballet let me see what roles they're getting cast in that I was called back for that I didn't get and what about myself is wrong that I didn't get that and that's a really hard thing that you have to learn as a girl in theater or as anyone in theater is that a lot of times it's not personal yeah but it is based on how you look yeah which is for me I know that's like was one of the hardest things that I still to this day struggle with when I get into a show and I look at you know, who got a part that I was considered for or wanted or who is on stage with me and comparing the way I'm moving compared to them, comparing how my costume looks on me compared to them. And that for me, it was more comparing to other girls than comparing to my high school self at that point. Um, And I think that's really when my disordered eating, I was never diagnosed with an eating disorder, um, but I I definitely was very restrictive at some points and I have definitely binged and purged at some points um, throughout college. And I feel like my senior year was like last week or the week before when you were talking about you didn't get anxiety till very recently. Mm -hmm. I didn't have anxiety until college. And then all of a sudden my senior year, I couldn't sleep through the night. I couldn't focus on anything during the day I was just like worst possible outcome at all times and it was I think it was a combination of my like comparing myself to everyone getting ready for graduation unknown and my eating was something I could control like I had control over that I had control over what I was putting into my body and I could make my body do different things based on what I was putting into it or not putting into it 
and that was like that was like the worst time for me Mm -hmm. um so the one thing that people don't really talk about with disordered eating body dysmorphia kind of the whole realm of it is there's actually like an underlying issue that's happening and it's not a surface level it's like okay I want to look this way how can I get this way as soon as possible but majority of the time it there's normally something else going on Mm -hmm. um and control is normally like a really big aspect like I know it was probably like the biggest trigger for me is I had a lot of stuff going on with my family um I didn't really understand like what was happening I couldn't control anything else but that was what I could control so I was like okay I will focus on that my parents were always really good with having like nutritious food and educating me on like what the food was like I always talk about the candy bowl effect like my mom always had candy out but Mm -hmm. I never ate it but my friends who didn't have candy at their house they'd always like want to eat it but it was available to me all the time so I didn't really think about it and then it wasn't until I think my senior year no senior or junior year of high school I'd gotten braces Mm -hmm. and that mouth pain (laughs) (laughs) something else so I wasn't eating very much and I had lost a lot of weight just from that and during that process there was a lot of people being like wow you look great Mm -hmm. you you've like what have you done and I I just was like not much like (laughs) I just stopped eating because my mouth hurt so bad or like and um that validation was something that I'd seeked for so long in high school because I never really felt like I fit in I always talked about this about Catherine like I always felt like that third friend on a sidewalk that kind of was behind Mm -hmm. everyone else it's like I was good for some points of friendship but like not I was never like a constant except for maybe Catherine like that was probably the closest I was but even then I was so shut down with myself that being able to talk about me having food problems was like not something I was comfortable with. Mm-hmm. I re- I remember in like junior senior year when all of that was happening, and I remember when the guidance counselor like brought mm-hmm. you into her office to straight up ask you, and I was livid. Oh, yeah. she was livid, and I, I, me, I didn't really know anything about mm-hmm. disordered eating, anything. So I was like, yeah fuck these hoes how dare that bitch accuse you and they like called your mom Mm -hmm. and i still don't know and it's really not any of my business if that was true like i just remember you being fucking pissed that day at lunch well it because i was playing so many sports too like i was exercising a lot and obviously like weight loss is like eating less calories or burning more than you are eating mm-hmm. and I was doing a mixture of both which like I wasn't fueling myself the way I needed to be properly fueled as an athlete but even more so like as a woman I didn't realize like all the choices I was making when I was younger could potentially have harmed like my reproductive health my hormones like mm-hmm. my skin at the time was really bad um I always was so tired and my I look at pictures and my eyes are always like sunk in mm-hmm. and um but still, everyone was telling me, you look great. Like, what's your workout routine? Because I just started getting into the gym and I was doing that bikini body ad by mm. Kayla Itzsteins. And I feel oh, like that God. is literally a trigger for so many the, girls. Just the name Kayla Itzsteins. Yeah. <laughs> oh and I'm God. like, girl? Like, <laughs> um, yeah. But I, I remember like going through that and getting all of this validation that I'd seeked for so long. And then on top of it, I was able to control something for the first time in my life that I was like, this is a win for me. I can control what I'm doing and I'm also like getting attention for the first time um and then I also was fainting all the time 
And the doctors would be like, oh, she's, like, anemic. She's this. And my mom would be like, well, she never had any other problems <laughs> until, like, this year. Like, what's wrong? And she'd push and push and push. And I just was like, nothing. Like, I'm fine. Um, we'd make, like, dinners. And I would, like, push food around because I just didn't feel like I had any control over myself. Um, and then, honestly, it wasn't until my freshman year of college when I – went on as like a collegiate athlete and my coach sat me down and kind of did the opposite and I am so thankful to him to this day because he was like I know what you're struggling with we're gonna get you into a program and we're gonna like get you healthy because you're gonna get eaten alive like your first year if we don't help you gain some weight and I was like fuck you too (laughs) I didn't the guidance counselor thing pissed me off because it was one of my teammates who had told my guidance counselor about it Mm -hmm. out of like love and respect and now her and I still talk but at the time I was like you have no idea what you're talking about like I'm just working hard mm-hmm. just disciplined mm-hmm. um and it's just like really fucked up because I look back at those times when I was like talking to those girls and I have so much guilt because I was telling them what I was doing thinking it was helpful not realizing like how much harm I was putting on myself or the people that were like following my advice and I, I'm like fuck why did I do that you know mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't blame yourself for that, though. I know, but I wish I would have had, like, education earlier on to be, like, hey, if you lose too much weight, you can lose your period. Mm-hmm. Hey, if you do this, like, it's going to affect your hormones and your, your skin will likely break out more. Like, Yeah. And um, when I got diagnosed in the hospital, I was diagnosed with um, anorexia nervosa, but then also orthorexia, which is, like, I would just believe that, like, everything that was unhealthy. Like, mm-hmm. and I, I still really struggle with that. Mm-hmm. I have to tell myself, like, no, I can eat this. Like, it's okay for me to eat this. Mm-hmm. It's not filled with chemicals. But in my brain, if I'd eat that, I it would literally feel like I was, like, eating these chemicals. And they were, like, bursting in my mouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it made me sick. And I just had so much anxiety over it. Um, but I don't think it was until... I started talking like with other people about it and they'd be like, that's not normal. Um, and I heard this thing and it was like when being staying silent keeps you sick. Mm. I was like, that's really hard, Mm -hmm. but it's true. Um, did you have like resources at, at your school, your senior year to like help you talk with that? Was it like other girls noticing or I definitely did not even get any sort of, like treatment therapy anything until I was out of college um one of my best friends in college had been diagnosed with anorexia in high school and still was struggling with it and we were very close we were together a lot and so I think a lot of what I was doing I was comparing influenced and I said oh well I'm not doing it that bad yeah I'm not doing it that much I don't look like her, so I'm not that sick. Um, And she, to, like, me and to anyone who would bring up concern about her status was kind of the same way. She was like, well, I'm not skinny enough to get into a treatment program. Yeah. Um, And she, since then, has gotten help and gotten, um, like, more healed. Right from that and is obviously an ongoing thing I think that my I didn't really so I struggled with it I went on tour after college I um 
struggled a lot with like binging like I just I either could not control it at all or even like that was controlled like I knew I could go home and I could order DoorDash and drink a bottle of wine and my tour partner was in the room next to me and she wouldn't know and I could do all of that but when I was with her I would not like do I, I would control what I was doing yeah um and when I started, it wasn't until I started going to therapy with my current therapist, like two years ago, that I really kind of had to look it in the face because my therapist had an eating disorder and still continues to struggle with it. And she's very open with what she went through and her struggles with it. And it was really, I think she kind of like detected in how I would talk about food or how I would talk about um, like binges yeah. or especially with alcohol and she would she wouldn't be like you have this she'd be like well whenever I was this age this is something that I went through and would tell a story and would relate it and I would see oh I those are unhealthy tendencies and yeah. I'm still with her I go I only go once a month now because I it's like impossible to get a therapist right now so yeah. I like don't want to lose her yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm definitely in a way better place like she has just helped me so much with those controlling thoughts and like obsessive thoughts about food and obsessing about either getting to eat everything that I want or obsessing about how many calories I'm putting into my body and those things um so yeah I didn't really start like healing until like two years ago I would say so did you find majority of like your healing work with your therapist yes definitely did you ever like have conversations with like friends about like hey this is like what I'm going through um or did anyone ever come up to you and be like hey I think I think like there might be something wrong I my mom brought up things a couple times I know that when we live together we've had a couple good conversations just about I don't think we ever, I don't, I don't know. Like we never really were like, I don't think I ever was like, this is what I'm struggling with. But we talked about our relationship with food and our relationship with our bodies. And yeah, I think you would go about it just how you just did, like bringing up because, oh, how was therapy? And you would kind of tell me in that way, but it was never like set out loud, like yeah. mm-hmm. in, in plain terms, but mm-hmm. yeah. And then I think whenever I moved in with Eric, we had a conversation about it too because he has very like set in his ways eating habits because he was an athlete in high school and um, just like a lot of the stuff he's gone through in his life, he's very, he like uses the word discipline a lot with, yes, he like, he's found a way to get to where he is that works for him and that's how he likes to do it and at first, I was very much like, no, you that you're not being healthy. You're not doing this. You're blah, blah, blah. And it like yeah. caused a fight one day. And I talked to my therapist about it. And she was like, well, how would you feel if someone came up to you and said, no, you have to eat this right now? Or like you, the way you're fueling your body isn't correct. Yeah. And I was like, okay, yeah, that actually. And it's hard because it's when it's with someone that you love and you're like, I'm just doing it because I want to help. I want to. Yeah. I want us to be better to, but like, it, it's not one size I was, fits all. Yeah. And it's what works for him. Like he's five, three, I'm five, nine. Yeah. What short the king. amount, <laughs> short king, <laughs> the amount of 
like fuel that our bodies need is completely different his genetic makeup is completely different yeah like it's and how much he exercises versus how much I exercise so we had to have a conversation about um like we we really want to cook one meal together every week Mm -hmm. um we kind of like to plan out our meals so we know that we're both getting a good dinner um and we talk about our food in like a healthy way yeah. in like a positive way it's like a thing that brings us together it's like a family thing and so I think that has been very helpful also yeah that's awesome <laughs> and that's kind of what we did too when we started our Instagram yeah was like I'm not gonna cry <laughs> yeah when Sorry. Michael and I first moved in together it was kind of the same thing like he um he has also has struggled with like self-image and stuff but um opposite of kind of what I was doing is he was always tiny and wanted to gain more weight Mm -hmm. and with being tall and stuff it was always like a an insecurity for him so he put in a lot of work to like build this frame that he's really proud of um but when we first moved in together we were planning the wedding I had just moved back from Canada we were navigating like living together and being engaged and all this stuff it was uh, really hard on the both of us because he didn't have as much time to go to the gym and like do what he wanted to do and I just had absolutely no motivation like I was dealing with a lot and um I think that was the first time where like we had to sit down and I had to be like <laughs> are you good <laughs> yeah and I think that's also another thing that isn't talked about as much is like how men utilize food as well um and what it looks like when you're bringing in a woman and having to compare also like my partner can eat this much and Mm -hmm. lose weight I always hear that like as soon as we got married he lost weight and I gained a bunch and I'm (laughs) like yeah I get it um and I was always really envious of Michael not because he didn't work hard he's always worked really hard but he gets to a result much faster than I do because he is a man and he has these hormones that support that type of lifestyle like they're meant to be like protectors and take care and all these things like we were meant to gather and bear (laughs) children (laughs) as much as we don't want to yeah (laughs) and um it's just it's funny like watching that relationship kind of build in different ways it's like things that you don't really think about um moving in with someone or like becoming more involved um and I didn't even notice it until we started getting married because my biggest like comparer with social media mm-hmm. yeah um like I don't know what your guys's for you page looks like but I look at almost like these 15 year olds that I think are my age yes and oh I'm like God, yeah how do you look like that yeah that's always my first thought and I had to like strategically click not interested in mm-hmm. videos of I'm like wow it's amazing for you I can't see that mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah um before we talk about social media, I just want to say the, the there's this podcast that I listen to. It's Let called her cook, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Letter Cook. Cook. These two really pretty girls. Um, they talk on it. No, they I, never it's cook. called. <laughs> they never cook. It's so weird. Um, it's called Maintenance Phase. Okay. I don't know if either of you have ever heard mm-hmm. of it. So, um, it's by these two people, Michael Hobbs and Aubrey Gordon. And Aubrey Gordon's, her, uh, like, handle on everything is Your Fat Friend. And she, and Michael Hobbs is, like, 5'4", and, like, a little gay man who is brilliant, like, so smart. And it's very, they talk about 
health fads and diets mm-hmm. and they kind of they go like science they scientifically approach it and that's kind of how my brain works like I'm a very logical scientific thing if I see it on social media I'm like oh my god I want to do that but then yeah. if someone is like let me explain to you why this is a terrible idea in scientific terms I'm like oh my god I okay don't I do don't want to do that <laughs> um and they just have so many great episodes. I was listening to it on the way here and they were talking about the new guidelines for childhood obesity. Mm. Um, and they always like shit on the BMI and how horrible it is. And they were talking about, they talk a lot about fat phobia and being afraid to use the word fat and how like the word overweight and obese those were made up for the bmi for these insurance companies so that they can bill you more if you're a certain bmi um and being fat like in the body neutrality movement is not bad like fat does not equal bad right fat is just a word and some people are and some people are more fat and some people are mid-size and some people are thin Mm -hmm. and that's just how everyone is and they just whenever you're saying uh like someone can eat everything and they gain no weight or like I eat this it just reminded me they said whenever parents are like talking about their kids like you'll go to a soccer game and you'll see like a skinny girl just eating a whole bag of chips and someone will be like oh I'm so jealous of you you can eat anything and not gain any weight and they were like but no one ever talks about like how the opposite is also true like that's that girl's genetics and it's not a necessarily a good thing or a bad thing but like the person next to them that can't do that, that would eat that whole bag of chips and gain three pounds, that is also their genetics. And, like, there are thin children and there are fat children. And, like, those children are growing and we shouldn't be trying to put them in a box or make them lose weight so young. Or And I just think that they really have great conversations about all this stuff. So I wanted to recommend it to anyone who is a logical, like, thinker like me. I really love it. Well, that also made me think of, a girl that we know who is much younger than us um would always I remember once she like put me in my place so fucking good and so hard she was calling herself fat and I was like you're beautiful and she looked right at me and she was like I can still be beautiful and fat go off yeah yeah like that those aren't they're not synonymous right and I was like but that's how we're raised is that right. like thinness is beauty and fatness is ugly right. and it's no and you can be fat and fucking gorgeous yes and I was like you're yeah you're, and she's much younger than me yeah. and I, like she really put me in my fucking place and that gives me hope for our the next generation. generation yeah it's just like it's really tough with uh, childhood obesity so another podcast is really great is the Huber Huberman lab I wish more people would focus on instead of like BMI, um, the actual quality of food that it's being served to children and like what like big pharma has like really fucked little kids with Mm -hmm. because um, I they did a study and I I can't remember the like actual digit, but they said that the way like society teaches kids about being fat is one in like six or one in three kids would rather be friends with someone who's in a wheelchair than be friends with someone who's fat. What? yeah it's it's really sad because they think that it's so funny how like people take weight as like the definition of a person of mm-hmm. like what they are when your health and who you are is much more important than like how much you weigh mm-hmm. um and when you said that i was like dang because like, i feel like so many people equate being fat or ha- like being not thin mm-hmm. with 
laziness or you must not be working hard enough or you must not eat right but that's just like simply not true like I my I'm five nine my genetics are very different than both of you mm-hmm. you're both little shorty girls mm-hmm. I can't control that any more than I can control the way that my body naturally metabolizes what yeah. I put into it and if I'm f- like feeding myself what's good and I'm exercising 30 to 60 minutes a day or even just like going on a walk like yeah. that's exercise and moving my body in a healthy way then that should be enough for like everyone it's so much information <laughs> and it's so much to like try and wrap your head around this whole conversation yeah. you know what I mean because I was thinking about it in terms too that like somebody wrote in and said you know eating disorders don't care your gender mm-hmm. your age your race your religious belief like it it doesn't matter mm-hmm. like it it is a it is an illness it is a sickness and it is something that people cannot control yeah. and I was thinking about me when I was younger and my parents were telling me a family member of mine was depressed and I just like could not wrap my head around it I was like I don't get that why doesn't why can't they just be happy yeah like just be happy just choose right just but, like, choose happiness. I, and I remember being in that mindset and I remember being so confused and I think that I feel sorry and bad for people who are still in that mindset that's like just work harder just eat just stop eating yeah, yeah. like it's just not, lose weight just it for some people it is a sickness it is an illness that you cannot control unless you want to or you begin to what am I trying to say it some I mean for some people it's you can't control it at all like the right. eating disorder you obviously can go to treatment for right that's what yeah. yes yeah but, but it's not like anyone chooses to make their life harder no, no right. one chooses and, and like, wakes up and is like I I love my body I'm gonna treat it nicely of course I would love to do that yeah right. but I wake up most days and I'm like fuck you yeah yeah you and know? it's the same thing with like alcoholism like that runs in my family heavily and a lot of people are like oh my god just stop drinking <laughs> and I I can understand where those people are coming from but when you learn if you've about never it, experienced it and you yes then it's, it's so hard, hard to, to conceptualize but yeah. you have to like educating yourself is the best thing you can do because once you understand that it's it's all illnesses it's it's really not that much different than a physical illness that you would never blame somebody for having cancer or having it's the same thing you also like it's funny because people all think of eating disorders they think thin they don't really Mm -hmm. think about um like vice versa so when you were talking about the girl at a soccer game who's really thin and is eating all the time like it's funny I'll get on TikTok sometimes and I get these stupid videos of these people being like yeah obese people should really care about them not because they're fat but because it affects their cardiovascular health all this stuff (laughs) which may be true but then you also need to talk about the latter where there's girls because when I was really really sick my heart rate was super low Mm -hmm. I shouldn't have been doing sports I was also very unhealthy but on the outside I look look good but my mm -hmm. actual health is terrible yeah right and that's like how you know that these arguments aren't always true and people you almost have to have like discernment and like what you believe on the internet because people will choose to make opinions about things that they can like put into a box and they're like you're fat you have heart issues when it's like no I was skinny and I had heart issues too mm-hmm. but you don't want to talk about that because that doesn't fit your mold into yeah whatever you're, you're and you can also be fat and have an eating disorder mm-hmm. yeah and I think that people a think lot of, of people do yeah I think a lot of people oh I'm not anorexic because I'm not skin and bones right Uh, that and I was reading a lot about it. it's like you can't 
people who on the outside look like they might be overweight to you can very well be struggling with anorexia. Yeah. Right. And it just goes back to what we were saying with genetics. Mm-hmm. It's like... Just the hand we were dealt. Um, and I think it's honestly 10 times worse. Like, I... Every single girl I've ever talked to, I don't think I've ever met one that has just been super fully fucking confident. Their whole life. Their whole life. Yeah. Like, there's always been something. 